0: So a few uh, Christmases ago I thought it would be fun to cast all of my friend's pets into roles in the nativity play. I'm not sure how impressed the owner of the Basset hound would have been had she discovered I'd cast him as King Herod. It was a very revealing exercise in what attributes I associated with each of the familiar characters in the nativity story. I wonder if you were writing role descriptions for the angels, the shepherds, the wise men, Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus, what would be the essential criteria? Who would you cast yourself as? More Christmas carols mention Mary's faithfulness and obedience than Joseph's. And yet both Mary and Joseph responded to God's call on their lives. In Luke's Gospel, the events leading up to the birth of Jesus are told from Mary's perspective. And here in Matthew's Gospel, where we are this morning, Matthew chapter 1, events are told from joseph's perspective so this morning as we finish our advent sermon series with thinking about the theme of accepting we're going to look at the example joseph gives us now instinctively i think of acceptance as being a rather passive attribute i don't know what you think of yeah that's fine yeah whatever that's acceptance right And if you look up passive in the dictionary, the first word in the definition is accepting. However, in Joseph, we have an example of acceptance that is a bold and courageous modelling of godly justice. And oh, how our world needs bold and courageous modellings of godly justice. that's where we're going this morning you might like to uh, follow along with me either uh, on your phone or if you're in the church bible it's page nine six uh, five verses uh, 18 to 25 in matthew chapter one the heading uh, given in the church bible is the birth of jesus christ Uh, the passage is sometimes given the heading joseph accepts jesus as his son but neither of these headings that have been added in to help us find our way through the bible neither of them are really adequate to catch exactly what's going on in this passage they don't catch the depth not just of joseph's actions but also of his feelings mary is pledged to be married to joseph when she is found to be pregnant through the holy spirit that's verse 18 Now, marriage in the first century was made up of two parts. You had the betrothal stage, and then around a year later, you had the marriage ceremony. Uh, So um, from when Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, uh, that had much stricter rules around it than engagement. So a divorce would be needed if the marriage didn't then go ahead. So both parts make up the marriage, the betrothal and the marriage. And so the events in our passage this morning, they fall between these two stages, between Mary being betrothed to Joseph, uh, which has a legally binding nature, and between the marriage ceremony. Mary is pregnant at a time when she's betrothed to Joseph, but they've not crucially slept together. Uh, and this is significant. Notice the chronology of events. Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant almost on the grapevine through the local community, not through the angel of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. I think we assume that an angel appears to Joseph at exactly the same moment as to Mary, telling them both not to be afraid because the child is from God. Now Joseph does eventually get that message, there was an angel in our passage, but not until he's already heard that Mary is pregnant. Uh, So the angel uh, appears in verse 20, uh, but Joseph has already heard by this stage that Mary is pregnant. And so the only logical, or the most logical, the only logical explanation is that she She was unfaithful to him because they're in this middle period when they're betrothed, but they haven't yet slept together. And so there's no angel saying, don't worry, this is a child from God at this stage. There's just Joseph uh, with a pregnant Mary wondering what on earth has happened. And the explanation, uh, the only logical explanation at this point in the story is that she's been unfaithful to him. When we have, uh, when we hear this passage at Christmas, we have a tendency to rush to the birth of Jesus. Our narrative is an angel appeared to Joseph and told him the baby was from God. The baby was born, and Joseph called him Jesus. And when we do this, we miss some really, really significant aspects of Joseph's journey of acceptance. Joseph has already decided that he does not want to expose Mary to public disgrace and therefore plans to divorce her quietly, that's verse 19, before the angel of the Lord appears. Joseph is faced with the dilemma of what the Old Testament law says, that if a betrothed virgin was found to have slept with another man, both should be stoned and wanting to be kind and compassionate to Mary. He's caught between this tension. In his response, Joseph is boldly and courageously modelling God's justice as he navigates this tension. Joseph knows the law and is someone who is faithful to the law. And yet he does not put obedience to the law above obedience to God. Because he knows that's not justice. Some translations refer to uh, Joseph as being a just or a righteous man. And I think we assume that that's a reference to how he wants to treat Mary. Uh, And in in the first century, divorcing her quietly uh, was a kind and compassionate response. We might not think of that as being a kind and compassionate response. But in the first century, divorcing her quietly was a kind and compassionate response. And yet, the description of Joseph as just or as a righteous man is actually less attached to how he's going to behave towards Mary and more attached to his following of the law. This makes Joseph's decision even more powerful. He knows the law and decides to follow the law, but he also cares for Mary and realizes that justice is more than applying the law equally in every situation. That's a very bold and courageous decision to take. I think we often miss uh, the depth of what's going on here. So we're told in verse 19 what Joseph planned to do and why. But then we're told in verse 20 how Joseph felt. Now, our translation uses the word considered, which to me, if someone uses the word, oh, I'm considering something, I'm thinking, oh, you're going to reflect on it, you're going to process it uh, a bit. But the Greek word used here can also be translated as uh, with anger, if you... Unpick the, the root of the Greek word and then the a verb in the middle. With anger makes a lot more sense. And that's how it's more commonly used in the New Testament. So it's really likely that the sense here in verse 20 is much more along the lines of after he had fumed about this, uh, after he'd had a period of upset considering. And it's at this point that Joseph encounters the angel of the Lord in a dream and receives the do not be afraid message. So everything I've said so far, but happens before the angel of the Lord appears. Uh, And so the angel of the Lord appears and he instructs Joseph to take Mary home as his wife and to give the son that she will bear the name Jesus, the Greek version of the Hebrew Joshua, meaning the Lord saves. Joseph, did you notice, doesn't need a face-to-face encounter with an angel to be obedient to God. For Joseph, a dream is enough. So Joseph wakes from his dream and does as the angel told him to do. He takes Mary home as his wife, that's verse 24, and names their son, as was the father's responsibility. He names their son, uh, Jesus, that's verse 25. Joseph's acceptance of the situation is in spite of feeling upset, confused, and overwhelmed. It's bold and courageous acceptance that comes from Joseph's understanding of justice, of wanting to do right by Mary and right by God. How often... Are we each in situations at home, at work, where we have to navigate a similar tension, where it feels like obedience and faithfulness are in opposition to caring and compassion? I'm sure we can all think of situations where it sometimes feels like those things are in opposition. And how can we, like Joseph, be accepting not in a passive way, but in a way that is a bold and courageous modelling of godly justice. I was uh, reading an opinion piece this week, you can guess what it might have been in relation to, and it was reflecting on whether we choose our obligations or whether there are obligations on us that we don't choose. The example Joseph gives us is of there being obligations on him that he didn't choose. His obligation to Mary, despite the news that she is pregnant. In the decision to divorce Mary quietly, that he reaches even before the angel has appeared to him. Joseph is putting Mary before Himself, He's been obedient to an obligation that's on him that he didn't choose. I think it's worth reflecting on that. And in the decision, uh, once the angel of the Lord has appeared to Joseph, in the decision to take Mary as his wife, Joseph is once again putting Mary before himself. So he accepts the situation, not because he's happy with it, but because there's an obligation on him. Not one he chose, but one he has. I wonder what obligations are on us. Obligations that we've chosen and are happy to have, and obligations that we haven't chosen and would perhaps rather not have. The right response will be different in every situation. But let's ask ourselves if there are situations where we can be bringers of bold and courageous godly justice by having the humility to put others before ourselves and by pursuing what's right, even especially when it is costly to us. The decision Joseph made was radically countercultural. Increasingly, I hear the language of my truth, I hear it in all sorts of different contexts, and the challenges that people face navigating cancel culture, particularly uh, around social media, of disagreeing well and holding together things that feel par- far apart or even opposite. The example we have in Joseph is the example of someone who extends grace, crucially, from a place of anger. He accepts that the feeling of anger and action of grace can coexist, that justice is not seeking his own vindication, but comes through being obedient and faithful to God. Bold and courageous godly justice is modelled not as Joseph protests, but as he submits. Submission that represents not weakness, but Joseph's strength of character. Now, of course, being heard and validated is important and right and appropriate in lots of situations. But I wonder if we ever notice ourselves labeling something as either good or bad, when most of life is so much more complex. Or if you can think of situations where you fight battles that are not yours to fight, where the call is to bold and courageous godly justice that comes from showing grace. Not because you're okay with a situation, but showing grace even when you're feeling angry. So back to what role would you cast yourself in. I have a deep sense of justice and I'm very stubborn. I've had to learn that acceptance is not giving in. It's not letting someone else win. It's not saying it doesn't matter. And it is costly. I don't know if you've ever thought that acceptance um, feels like giving in or feels like letting someone else win or feels like saying something doesn't matter. Acceptance isn't those things. Acceptance is costly. Humility and grace, by definition, are costly. They wouldn't be humility and grace if they weren't costly. Yet the example of Joseph helpfully challenges me that God's faithfulness and justice is brought forth when bold and courageous humility and grace are shown in the life of ordinary Joseph who's experiencing complicated and difficult circumstances. We can all put ourselves in the story We're all ordinary people that at times experience complicated and difficult circumstances. God's faithfulness and justice is brought forth when bold and courageous humility and grace are shown. Church of England uh, liturgy includes a number of options for Christmas blessings. And yet there is one that clergy up and down the country default to ahead of all the others. The go-to for the school carol service. And it goes like this. May the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, And the peace of the Christ child be yours this Christmas. And then it goes on with the blessing. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this is a wonderful blessing. We might even hear it later today. But when we hear it, let's remember that Joseph and Mary... Didn't have identical experiences of being obedient to God. We've got Mary with her prophetic song, and we've got angry Joseph with his really costly decision. Joseph and Mary didn't have identical experiences of being obedient to God. And Joseph's journey of acceptance of God's purposes is not a delighted RSVP to an invitation but a costly submission and extending of grace in spite of how he was feeling. Amen.